It was the 1930s when Vincent Woodcock and his sister-in-law went to attend a seance. A session during which a medium tries to communicate with spirits. Like many people before him, Vincent went to a seance in hopes of connecting to a passed away loved one. Vincent had had a difficult past year, you see. His wife had recently passed away, leaving him to take care of their only daughter. In need of comfort, he found a medium touring through his town and decided to attend a seance. For support, he brought his sister-in-law who was also hoping to find some closure. So, they met with the medium, Helen Duncan, a woman in her early 50s. The next 60 minutes, they said in a later account, changed their lives. At one point during the session, a white substance appeared out of the medium's mouth. Ectoplasm, she called it. Shaping into a ghostly figure that Vincent clearly recognized as his deceased wife. The figure of the deceased wife took a ring from her finger and placed it onto her sister's hand, telling the couple, quote, It is my wish that this takes place for the sake of my little girl. End quote. My name is Maartje, and you are listening to Biographies of the Wicked. Victoria Helen McFarling was born on the 25th of November 1897, in a small town of Callender, Scotland. She was the daughter of a cabinet maker and a housewife. Life was not easy for the young Helen, seeing her parents deal with poverty. At school, Helen was said to display hysterical behavior, often disturbing the classes. It was also around this time that Helen found out that she had special abilities, as she would repeatedly scare her schoolmates with terrifying prophecies. At the age of 20, she married her husband, Henry Duncan, and would now go by the name of Helen Duncan. Her husband was, like her father, a cabinet maker, as well as being disabled by an injury he got while fighting in World War I. The young couple decided to expand their family, but this proved to be hard for the couple, having 6 out of 12 children die of complications during pregnancy or during young childhood. During all this time, Helen was still in touch with her spiritual side, so to say, which was in fact totally accepted by her husband, and we do love a supportive husband. To be able to provide for her large family, Helen decided to go work in a bleach factory by day as well as starting a spiritual practice by night. She did all of this while still doing domestic duties. I just wanted to call this out, as there are a lot of people who do not approve of her practices, mainly later in the story, but I can't help but respect this woman taking on so much, taking care of her disabled husband and six kids while still being able to make a name for herself. In the meantime, Helen was expanding her business using the money she had left after taking care of her family and donated it to poor patients in her town in order to provide the right medicines. Some sources deny this fact, so today we are not entirely sure if Helen did donate money or not, but it seemed that her gift brought a lot of comfort and aid to the people in her neighborhood. Sadly, it was also this gift that led to her conviction, and according to some, 
even her death. Her blooming success made it possible for her to start traveling throughout Britain, holding seances for people from the everyday worker to the occasional academic. There are a lot of records of satisfied customers, as she brought a lot of people a great deal of comfort. You have to remember that it was the 1930s and 1940s. People only just started recovering from the First World War, only to be thrown into the next one. There was a ton of insecurity about if your loved one who was sent to war was doing okay or if they were even alive. Also, there were so many people who had lost someone dear to them and were desperate to communicate with them. And so many were denied a proper farewell. So yeah, there are a lot of people who are genuinely helped by attending the seances, even if it was only for the idea of their loved ones being in a better place. It gave them some sort of closure. But as often happens in the world of mediums, there were a lot of critics. There were people who spoke ill of Helen Duncan, as well as people trying to prove that she was a fraud. In 1933, Helen Duncan was giving a seance going in a trance-like state, like she did many times before, and the ectoplasm arose from her mouth. The audience was stunned and looked with amazement in their eyes. But their amazement quickly changed into utter horror, when for no apparent reason, the lights were flicked on. At first, the bright light was a cause for unpleasantness to the eyes, which had gotten used to the dark light of the room, which was only lit by a few candles. You know, what you imagine a seance would be like. This unpleasantness slowly faded and made place for outrage. The lights revealed what looked like a ghost, but made out of stockinet. Some of the now furious people in the audience called the police. Helen Duncan was prosecuted and was given a 10 pound fine, roughly 270 pounds today. Eventually Helen Duncan managed to pay off the fine and continued her business as usual. Helen Duncan managed to fly under the radar of the police for a relatively long time. But it was one incident that made all of the heads turn in her direction, and this time she wouldn't get off as easily. The world was now in the midst of the Second World War, and destruction and suffering were overflowing. It was one account in particular though that has intertwined with the life of Helen Duncan. On the 25th of November 1941, the HMS Barnum was sunk in the Mediterranean after being damaged by three torpedoes launched by a German submarine, killing most of the crew. Obviously, this is a hard thing for many people, most importantly, the families of the crewmen. But this was not any ship, 
and I will not get into too much detail here because there are a lot of technical terms to describe the ship that I don't really understand. But regardless, it was one of five fast ships within the Queen Elizabeth class making it a vital part of the war. Therefore, when the ship sunk the government tried to keep the incident hidden, only telling close living relatives of the men that passed away. Keeping all of this in mind, the government was quite stunned when they found out that some random woman was telling everyone about the attack and sinking of the HMS Barnum. That random woman was of course Helen Duncan. Helen Duncan claimed that one of the deceased sailors from the HMS Barnum visited her during a seance revealing the truths about the circumstances surrounding the ship. In her perplexity, she told a lot of people. In doing so, she made some powerful enemies, and these enemies would not forget about Helen Duncan. Time passed on and continuing into the Second World War, the anxiety among people who had relatives in active war service only seemed to grow, consequently also growing Helen Duncan's business. It was during one of those seances she had given so many times earlier that things took a course for the worst. Helen Duncan had gathered a small audience on January 19, 1944, when she was disrupted in the middle of her seance by a sharp sound of a whistle. It wasn't long before she found out that the whistle meant that there was a raid by the police. A policeman, who was dressed in plain clothes, quickly made his way to the ectoplasm in his attempt to prove that Helen Duncan was a fraud. But Helen Duncan screamed and the ectoplasm was dematerialized before the policeman could catch it. Nevertheless, Helen Duncan was arrested and brought before court. Helen Duncan was charged with vagrancy at the court hearing. If found guilty, the maximum fine at the time was 5 shilling, as well as being released. It was peculiar then that Helen Duncan was refused bail and was sent to a notorious women's prison called Holloway which was known for keeping murderers and traitors and women awaiting execution. Being refused bail gave the authorities time to discuss the verdict. A few days later, they had not only changed the verdict, but also, as some would come to see, changed history. Helen Duncan would now be prosecuted under an ancient act of 1735, namely the one for witchcraft. Helen Duncan was accused of, quote, to exercise or use human conjuration that through the agency of Helen Duncan's spirits of deceased persons should appear to be present, end quote. The seven-day witchcraft trial caused a lot of fuss around the country, also due to the lack of physical evidence, which meant that witnesses were called up to testify. 
Here, Helen proved to have a lot of supporters, as they tried to prove the judge that Helen was in fact an authentic medium. Unfortunately, all of this effort was in vain, and it only took the jury half an hour to reach their verdict. Helen Duncan was found guilty of conspiracy to contravene the 1735 Witchcraft Act. She was sentenced to nine months of imprisonment. This verdict caused a wave of commotion as a lot of people didn't agree with the verdict, as well as the use of the ancient act. One example of this, during her entire incarceration, the prison wars refused to lock her prison door cell, as well as refusing to quote, bang her up. End quote. When eventually Helen Duncan was released on the 22nd of September 1944, it took her a few months to recover, mainly spiritual. After which she started giving seances again, also having to deal once more with skeptics. Things were fairly quiet for some time. Sadly, this calm was broken in 1956 when the police raided one of her seances grabbing her and searching her violently, and eventually leaving empty-handed. What they perhaps didn't know is what they inflicted by this raid. It is believed to be one of the worst possible sins to touch a medium in trance, as the ectoplasm returns too quickly to the body, causing huge amounts of damage. Five weeks after the police raid, Helen Duncan passed away. After examination, they discovered two large second-degree burns on her stomach, said to have been afflicted no less than five weeks earlier. In the end, there would be a lot of rumors surrounding her arrest. The most prominent one was based on perhaps the real reason the police raided her seance in the first place. The rumor was that officials were scared that Helen would leak information about the D-Day landings, because they couldn't explain why she knew about the HMS Barham. This rumor was supported by evidence. Namely, during the raid of 1944, a Royal Navy lieutenant was also present at the seance. He even told the court that he was in fact the person who had hired the police. The interest of a Royal Navy lieutenant was for a lot of people evidence supporting the idea of foul play in the arrest of Helen Duncan. One more piece of evidence is about the timing of the raid, which was only a few months before the D-Day landings on Normandy. The Witchcraft Act under which Helen Duncan was imprisoned was finally repealed in 1951, making her the last person to be convicted under the Witchcraft Act of 1735. Because of this, Helen Duncan is known as Britain's last witch. Hi guys, I just wanted to say a quick thank you for listening to this episode. I've already written down more episodes and starting April 3rd, you can also listen to them on Spotify and Apple Podcast. Thank you so much guys. Bye.